Revelation. Hey, if you have your Bibles, I would like to encourage you to open them to Revelation chapter 19. I'm going to talk to you from there today. And uh, if you have a smartphone, um, you know that uh, this information is available for you in the YouVersion Bible app. You'll get the scripture there. You'll also get uh, some other things, uh, some notes that are sort of like those on a PowerPoint. And that's a great way to follow along too. And you know that the reason I do that, um, I, uh, it's not that I just really love going onto the YouVersion page and typing all that out. The reason I do that is because I want you to engage the Word of God. That's it. I want you to hear what God's Word has to say. And, and any way I can get you to connect with that. If I could stand on my head and it would make you engage the Word of God more, I would. Uh, because I think it's just so valuable for you to do that. Okay. Now let me ask you this. Uh, how many are watching the Super Bowl tonight? You watching it? Yeah? Okay. Cool. Cool. Um, how many of you are going to a party or ho- hosting a party? Anybody? Yeah? Okay. Several? Yeah? How many are... I said to the guys yesterday morning at breakfast, I said, how many are going to a Super Bowl party? Nobody said, you know, every, all the hands are down. I said, really? You're going to watch it alone? Oh, no, we're having some people over. That's a Super Bowl party right there. Okay, that, that's what we're talking about there. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I don't know. It doesn't matter who's in the Super Bowl. I always feel like it's a good excuse for a party. Great excuse uh, to eat some stuff that's not good for you and everything else. By the way, if you're on social media or on the Internet at all, you know that the Internet is full of lists of things you should have to make your Super Bowl party everything it should be, you know? How to have a wonderful Super Bowl. I think these might have been in women's magazines 20 years ago, but now they're on, on Facebook, it seems, you know? And, and Best Buy. Best Buy keeps sending me these. I bought a coffee maker for Laurel for Christmas on Best Buy, and now they, I'm on their junk list, right? And I can't get off because I'm in love with technology. But they tell me that I can't have a good Super Bowl party unless I have the ultra-high-definition 4K screen, you know? And I'm thinking to myself, I have a 60-inch Vizio, 1080p, you know, I, I got the HD resolution. My dish doesn't even feed me a signal that good. But I probably should go to Best Buy and buy that other one right now, right? Yeah, because I want to have a good Super Bowl party if I were hosting such a thing, right? What else do you want at your Super Bowl party? Anything else? Come on, what do you want? Food, right? Doesn't everybody want food at their Super Bowl party? I would want that, right? I would want... Um, Wings would be good, and then something with bacon. <laughs> that would be good. And Lay's potato chips, if you want to bring Middlesworth, you can do that, but no one will eat it, right? And then something wrapped in bacon. And I'd like corn chips with salsa, and then if you could get something wrapped in bacon, that would be good. And I would like some kind of cheese ball, and if you could wrap that in bacon, that would be great. You know, you got to have the right food, right? And you have to have comfortable seating as well. I can remember when I was at the University of Pittsburgh, I, I lived in townhouse apartments, so every apartment was the same, was all furnished the same, and it was f- for the idea of being a dorm, so the, the furniture was tough, you know? It was the kind of thing you could stand on if you needed to, if you maybe had too much to drink or something like that. And I can remember it was the Olympics, and I, that, by the way, that was the year that those kids beat the Soviets in hockey. That was a great year, a great year. And I can remember what we did is we had these two end tables, and so... We put them right against the wall, one here and one here. And then we picked up our sofa and put on top of that. And then we went over and got the neighbor's sofa and put right in front of that. And then we had our television right there. That was it. We were ready. We had the, we had the seating for the Olympic event. You want, you want something like that, right? All the internet lists tell about all these things you need there, but something that they always leave out is people. You can't have a Super Bowl party without people. You can watch the Super Bowl by yourself. And sometimes you may prefer to do that if you've watched it with that obnoxious uncle that we all have, Right? But, but if you want the party aspect, you have to have people. Because without people, a party is not a party. You can have everything else. It's not a party. I want to suggest to you that God knows how to party. 
and he wants people to be there. Now, God generally doesn't call his parties parties. It's not like he says, hey, let's have the party of unleavened bread. What he calls them is feasts. And he lays those out in detail in the scripture for the ancient Jewish, Jewish uh, believer as the feast of Passover, the feast of unleavened bread, the feast of first fruits. We would say the party of Pentecost, the party of trumpets, the party of the day of atonement, the party of tabernacles. These feasts always involve people. They're never without people. And in fact, it would almost seem as though God does not want to eat alone. He wants people because he values people. Now, this idea of valuing people is something that is woven into the very DNA of the Christian and Missionary Alliance. We're part of that denomination. Christian and Missionary Alliance has as one of their core values, lost people matter to God. He wants them found. He wants them found if they're in Brazil. He wants them found if they're in Argentina, if they're in Chile, in Great Britain, in the United States of America, in Clearfield County. Lost people matter to God. He wants them found. And Jesus said that very eloquently in Matthew chapter 19 and verse 10. He says, for the son of man, that would be him. He says, for I came to seek and to save the lost. Why? Why does Jesus want lost people found? Why does God send Jesus to save lost people? And there are a number of reasons, but one of them is God likes us. And he wants us to be with him. He wants to be with us. He, he wants our company. And in the end, God actually will be with us and, and we with him. And this is spelled out over and over in scripture. We're going to celebrate communion at the end of this time together. And we're going to remember that Jesus on the night he was betrayed took bread and he took the cup. He was actually celebrating the Passover in those hours before going to the cross. And as he does that, the scripture tells us that Jesus, he took the cup and said, drink from it all of you. So he has this, this, this glass before him, this holy grail <laughs> before him. And he holds it up and he says, drink from it all of you. This blood of the covenant, this is mine. This is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sin. And then listen to what he says. He says, I will not drink from this fruit of the vine from now on until the day when I drink it anew with you in my father's kingdom. What Jesus is saying is eventually there's going to be a time when I'm with you and we're going to have a cup together. We're going to have a feast together together. We're going to have a party together. And I believe that that party is spoken of in the passage I asked you to open your Bibles to a few moments ago. It's spoken of in Revelation chapter 19. We're going to read four verses, starting with verse 6. Then I heard what sounded like a great multitude, like the roar of rushing waters and like loud peals of thunder. Now pause a minute. Have you ever been to Niagara Falls? I did a wedding at Niagara Falls years ago. And I can remember when I was there doing that wedding, I can remember the one thing I didn't anticipate, two things. First, the wind and how it wanted to take my, my wedding sermon and take it whoo, over, you know, that was hard. But the other thing I never anticipated was the roar of the water there at the bridal veil on the American side. It was kind of funny. They had, you know, this young couple, they planned everything just right. She looked radiant as she came down. He was a good-looking guy. Pastors dressed in a suit, all the attendants are there. They had a couple that were playing a guitar. And, and listen, this is exactly what you heard when they played the guitar. 
because there's this roar in the background. And so I'm doing the vows, right? Do you take this man here present? What? It was just so loud, that roar. That's what's going on here. It's not that there's water there, but there is a great multitude like the roar of rushing waters with loud peals of thunder on top of that. And they're shouting, hallelujah, for the Lord God Almighty reigns. Let us rejoice and be glad and give him glory for the wedding of the lamb has come and his bride has made herself ready. Fine linen, bright and clean, was given her to wear. Fine linen stands for the righteous acts of God's holy people. An angel said to me, write this, blessed are those who are invited to, and here it is. I'm going to change the words. Hear it. The wedding party of the Lamb. The wedding supper of the Lamb. And then he added, these are the true words of God. It's a party. It's something we look forward to. There's going to be a lot of people at that party. In Revelation 7, you don't have to turn there, but in verse 9, John sees another group of people who I believe serve as kind of a sampling of this greater group in, in Revelation 19. These are the tribulation saints. And he says, after this I looked, and there was before me, a great multitude that no one could count. Now here's the phrase, catch it. From every nation, every tribe, every people, every tongue. And they were singing, salvation belongs to him who sits on the throne and to the lamb. People from everywhere are gathered at this party. In fact, this party, this wedding party of the lamb, it really, it consummates all of human existence. It celebrates the redemptive work of the creator and the redeemer, a redemptive work that he has planned since before the foundation of the universe. And now is that moment in Revelation 19. That is a party that no one wants to miss. What would be the best thing about that party? Maybe uh, maybe someone say, I think maybe the food, that'll be the best thing. Chances are it'll be lamb. It just kind of fits with God, right? Chances are it'll be lamb. And if you're a vegetarian, don't sweat it. You won't be by then, okay? Right? And, and as you're there with the lamb, as you're there, Andy, I even had to look away from you when I said that, buddy. <laughs> I even gave him a heads up, you know, that I'm going to say that. So he wouldn't be, uh, well, he wouldn't be. Andy's not that way. But yeah. And I don't know. Have, how many have eaten lamb? Yeah. How many liked it? Okay, wow. Several of you. That's pretty cool. I've had lamb before, and, and I didn't really care for it. But when we were in the Mideast this past uh, month, we were there with my family. We went to a place, and we got this food. And, and as, a, as we were ordering it, um, Brian looked and said, do you want chicken or meat? I said, what kind of meat? He said, it could be anything. <laughs> I said, what will it probably be? He said, it'll probably be lamb. I said, I can have chicken anywhere. Give me meat. So I ordered meat. And my wife's looking like, I can't believe you ordered that. I can't believe you ordered it. And she stuck with the chicken. I don't know how that's safe, but she stuck with the chicken. You know what it was? It was the heart. That was the part of the lamb I had. Now, I have eaten cow heart, chicken heart, the heart of the turkey. My wife used to put that in the gravy. What a waste. It's so good. I love tart turkey heart. I've eaten venison heart. I have even eaten, I'm almost sure, bear heart at one of our sportsman's banquets. Okay? But I've never had heart that was as good as that lamb heart there in the Middle East. It was delicious. It was soft, it was juicy, it was great. Good stuff. Um, if you don't like lamb, you probably never had it prepared right. But let me say this about the food. At the wedding party of the lamb, the food will be good. But no matter how good the food is, it will not be the best part. Well, maybe someone will say, the beverage. It's going to be great. It'll be better than any you ever 
would taste on this side of eternity. But it's not the best part. The best parts, and actually I want to say there's a couple of them, and the first one eclipses all others, it's the presence of Jesus. I mean, that'll be the best thing there. That Jesus will be there. And you'll get to see him face to face. When all my labors and troubles are o'er, and I'm safe on a beautiful shore, just to be near the dear Lord I adore will through the ages be glory for me. When by his grace I shall look on his face, that will be glory. Be glory for me. Yeah, I'm ready for that party. That's a good thing. But a second thing, and this is a thing that almost everybody says, I'm really looking forward to, and, and sometimes we say this more than Jesus, which is something needs corrected in our thinking, but we look forward to seeing the people there, right? And don't we? Don't you have loved ones that are gone? And you think, wow, I cannot wait to see them. What a reunion that will be. Wow, the, the wedding party of the Lamb. I cannot wait for that supper to be with, see my mom and dad again, and see maybe siblings or neighbors or pastors and people from your church family and those you are close to. That will be great. But listen, there's something else that will be beautiful about the people who will be around you. You will be with people that you never knew before, never knew in this life, and you will feel a kinship to them because you will be gathered together before God with people from every nation, every tribe, every kind of people, every tongue, and you'll be gathered there singing with them. And you will sing, Hallelujah! For the Lord God Almighty reigns. And you will sing it in such a loud voice that Niagara Falls would be silenced in that moment when you're with them. Have you ever gone to a music concert and you really loved the music? You ever been there? For me, that would be Beatlemania, you know? Because, you know, I I love the Beatles music. It's just my thing, right? Maybe in today's society, in the Christian world, it might be Jeremy Riddle, King and Country, Chris Tomlin, or Adele Waits, you know, somebody like that, right? And you're like, yeah, I love this. And, and, and you're there and you're singing along with them. You know, I saw Beatlemania when it was still a Broadway production. I saw it in Buffalo, New York, and I saw it in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. And then, and it had a full orchestra in those days, right? And then I saw it in Salamanca, New York. And it was four chubby guys with mop-top haircuts and an older woman in a black miniskirt at a keyboard. And it was still good, right? It was still good. And then one time we're down in State College, we're walking around. It was one of those fair days they have in State College, you know, the arts days. And who should be there but the Beatlemania guys and a girl in a miniskirt? And I said to Laurel, we're sitting down. We're, we sat there on a blanket, my wife and my kids and I. Laurel's like, oh, if I have to listen to any more Beatles music, I am going to throw up, you know? She just, but here, in all of those cases, here's what was happening. Everybody around us was singing, love, love me do, as loud as we could. And some of us were off key. But we sang as hard as we could, and it was great, and we loved it. Now, those of you that are musically inclined, I want you to know I was doing that on purpose. (laughs) Doing it on purpose just to make this point, that it doesn't matter how you sing. When you sing, to the glory of God, it's a beautiful thing. And when you sing in that moment, everything about your music will be beautiful. And you will be so thrilled to be singing to the one you love. It won't even be about the songs. You know, we all have this thing like, oh, I can't stand this kind of song. I can't stand this kind of song. God is going to get that sin out of your life, so you're going to love it. And you will love it. Yeah, I said sin. I just called that sin, right? Because I have it too. I have it too. But you will love it. You'll be making this joyful noise to God. Is Lois here? Lois Miller? She went home? You know, her brother Ellis passed away this week, and I shared this at the funeral. 
Lois said that they would drive to their doctor's appointments, his doctor's appointments, when he was still able to get out. And she bought a Randy Travis CD of hymns. And it's Randy Travis singing all these hymns in a Randy Travis kind of way, you know. And uh, it sounds pretty good. And she said they would put that into her car, in her Oldsmobile, put it into the CD player. They'd turn the volume as loud as it'd go. And Ellis and Lois would sing at the top of their lungs all the way to the doctor's office. That's just funny right there, isn't it? But it's beautiful too. And what it is is a tiny little preview of coming attractions that they will be singing together with you and with me at the party, the wedding party of the Lamb. And it'll be a great time. It'll be a great time. I want to say that that is a reason we do international ministry. It is not the reason, but it is a reason. There are some common reasons we do it. One is because God is worthy of our effort. Worthy is the lamb who was slain to receive glory and honor and power. All those things. Paris Reedhart said it this way. Reedhead. Paris Reedhead said it this way. May the lamb that was slain receive the reward of his suffering. Indeed. Indeed. That's a reason we do international ministry. But there's another reason we do it, and that reason is a concern for the lost. Lost people matter to God. He wants them found. Whether they know it or not, they matter to God. And whether they know it or not, they need to be found. They're dying to be found. And so we do international ministry because of our concern for the lost. We do international ministry as well because of our loving to share. I love to share good food. I love to share a joke. I love to share a good story, and I love to share Jesus. I love to. Bless my wife's heart. There are things that I eat that she doesn't care for. And I'm always saying, taste this, taste this, taste this. And she thinks it's obnoxious. Can you imagine thinking that your pastor would be obnoxious? It is kind of obnoxious. But it's coming from a heart that says, I found something great. I think you'll like it. You should try it. Every Christmas, she gets me. Beef jerky. And she puts it in my stocking. And uh, most of the time, I take it out and I put it in the cupboard. And I wait till my son or my daughter or son-in-law and daughter-in-law come home. And I say, I have beef jerky. Let's share it together. you got to know that packet has like three-tenths of an ounce of beef jerky in it, right? <laughs> but it tastes better when you share. And really, Jesus seems better when you share. He does. And that's a reason that we do international ministry. We do it as well out of pure obedience. You know, he says in Matthew 28, 19, therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to observe everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. That's a good reason. Just obey him. But I want to suggest to you there's another reason to do international ministry, and that's so we can party. It's okay to want to party. So we can party and enjoy the feast with others. And so we can enjoy and worship the Lord with others. And so we can enjoy Jesus himself with others because it tastes better when you share. It is better when you share. Better than any Super Bowl party could ever be. You understand, we're going to have a party this weekend. We're going to have junk food Friday. We're going to have ice cream Saturday. We're going to have pancakes Saturday. We're going to have coffee Sunday. You know, we're going to have those things. Uh, and... Uh, going to be with us. I said earlier, she is my daughter's age. She's coming from the same part of the world as my daughter, basically, from the Middle East. And uh, we're going to enjoy that time together. I put the schedule in your hands just now. The McCracken boys helped me do that. Those little, two little boys, the McCracken boys. They helped me do that. 
So you have that. If you don't, grab one. I, I also <laughs> put the schedule online. I emailed it to the e-prayer line. I, I also put it on the website. So if you click calendar, there it is on the website. It's even on your app. Why did I do all that? So you would have it. Because I really, really want to encourage you to join us for as much of that as you can. For as much of that as you can. Because we do it once a year and it's, it's your chance. So sign up on those sign-up sheets when you leave today. Sign up and say, yeah, I'll be here for this, 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 and this. And if you miss it, send me an email and I'll sign you up. We'll make sure that we have the food there. And I want to encourage you as well to consider your role. Does God have something for you to do in reaching every nation, tribe, every people, every tongue? Does he have something for you? And he probably has a lot of things for you to do. One is to pray for the workers. You know, B and E say, we love that church. Why do you love that church over there? Well, they don't give us that much money, but they always send us stuff and say, we're praying for you. That means a lot. It means a lot to me, right? doesn't mean a lot to you when somebody says, I've been praying for you this week. Yeah. So, you know, what is your role? Pray for the workers. Commit to support their ministry. Take one of the cards on the little, on the little stand out there. Take it home. Pray about it. God loves a cheerful giver. Even, even listen to God's call. Maybe he has in mind for you to do that. I want you to join us for the event this weekend as much as you're able. I want you to consider your role in this great commission God has given us. And I want you to look forward to the party. In fact, we're going to do that right now. We are going to take a few moments to look forward to the wedding supper of the Lamb. Jesus said it. I will not drink of this fruit of the vine until I drink it anew with you. And for you and me, that means at the wedding supper of the Lamb. And so as we take communion, we always take it with an eye toward the past and say, thank you, Jesus, for what you did in the past. We take it with an eye at the presence, like, God, what are you asking me to do now and how can I live now? And we take it with an eye toward the future when we will, when we will enjoy it with him. And so I want us to, to have that eye to the future this morning as we celebrate communion.